You're listening to Bite Size Project Management, a podcast about all things project, program, and IT service management. As always, I'm Amy and I work for Training Bite Size, a family run training provider with a passion for project management. Our podcast will bring you top tips, such as how to pass your next accredited exam, through to unique industry insights, including the forthcoming APM Box 7 update. So today we're talking about just that, the Box 7 update. You'll be hearing from our chairman, Martin Kinch, who has worked with APM for around 30 years and so has a brilliant insight into these changes. And you'll also be hearing from our lead APM trainer, Terry Kent, who will explain exactly what is changing. There are some key differences between Box 6 and Box 7, so we really hope you find this podcast useful and that it helps you understand what these changes may mean for you and for your team. So, quick hello from Martin and Terry. We're going to cover a little bit about the changes from Box 6 to Box 7 for anyone taking the APM qualifications, but perhaps the things that should be considered during the transition period, which you can choose Box 6 or Box 7 exams. So, my name is Martin Kent. My team and I have worked closely now with the APM since 2001. I can't believe it's nearly 20 years. And in that time, we've uh, trained many thousands of students. Now, we used to change within the APM and used to manage that change. And we're pleased to be able to share with you our knowledge of the update from the box six to box seven, what the changes are and what that might mean to you as a student. I'm going to introduce Terry. Now, Terry and I have worked together for a long time. Terry's a very successful project manager running very large multi-million projects for many years before becoming a lead APM trainer. So he brings huge relevant experience to the training role. Terry's done it, he's implemented it, and now he brings that knowledge to the training, which makes a, a huge difference to, to the classroom training, the blended training, and the online training with his experience. So let's get straight into details. Terry, can we start by running through what the changes are at box seven level, please? Yes, I certainly can, Martin. So firstly, I'd estimate that about 30 to 40% of the content's been amended. Firstly, in some areas, the new content's been added, and in other areas, the wording or terminology has been updated. In general, box seven tries to represent the fact that not all projects are the same, rather they come in different shapes and sizes, and we therefore need to have more flexibility in our approach when managing them. Okay, that's great. Um, can you be a little bit more specific for me as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Starting with the new content, Box 7 now recognises the changes in project management thinking over the past few years, and as such, now covers both iterative and hybrid life cycles, as well as the more traditional linear life cycles that was covered in Box 6. And now even the linear life cycles names have been updated in the phases. Development becomes deployment, handover becomes transition, and operations becomes adoption. Box 7 refers to the life cycle ranging from being very predictive at one extreme to being much more adaptive at the other. So there are quite a few assessment criteria and therefore exam questions that focus around the way things are managed differently in linear and iterative life cycles. Okay. Are there any um, other new topics included in Box 7? Yes, Box 7 now considers the different types of PMO, the Project Management Office, and namely embedded, hub and spoke, or a central PMO. So either embedded within the project team, held centrally in the organisation, or a mixture of the two. And it also introduces the term virtual teams, which are a growing concept in modern project work. The syllabus looks at the different management needs and the typical challenges leaders face when trying to run projects in a virtual environment. So for the delegates, these changes should be seen as a benefit, because they tend to better reflect how projects are delivered these days. When we were chatting earlier, I understand you mentioned also there's been some changes in the, the scheduling section of the new book. 
Yeah, a, a number of little changes, but the main change is that within box seven, it now brings in the concept of critical chain analysis together with the more familiar critical path analysis. Now within critical chain analysis, focus is more about the availability of resources. And it aims to work on each activity, getting each activity finished as soon as possible, with any available float being moved to the end in the form of a project buffer. And therefore we manage a project level rather than activity level. So whilst we're on the subject of scheduling, that reminds me, the APM has removed the requirement to complete mathematical calculations in the PMQ exam. So no calculation of critical path or earned value management. The focus is rather on the interpretation of data provided. Now, I suspect some will see that as a benefit, that there's no calculations, but others may not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's really good. Is there any other changes? Yeah, there are a few other minor changes, which I'd just like to mention. Data protection has been updated to GDPR the general data protection regulations within the legislation section. The role of the product owner has been added to the list of project team roles. This role often used in more iterative life cycles and is focused on defining the vision of the outcomes and on the link between the end users and the project delivery team and on prioritizing their requirements. The business case has now been updated and includes the five dimensions model and the five dimensions being strategic, economic, commercial, financial and management and that aligns very nicely with the model used within HM Treasury. There's also been some new acronyms added or introduced. BUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity is one, which is used when assessing the context of a project together with the more familiar PESEL and SWOT analysis. And also once looking at net negotiations, two new acronyms have been introduced. ZUPA, which stands for Zone of Possible Agreement, which looks at where the two sides of the negotiation overlap, and BATNA, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement, to be used when planning to get the best result out of negotiations. Okay, great. Anything else? Yeah, the term deployment baseline is now used. Basically, it refers to the key agreements of time, cost and scope, etc., that are recorded in the project management plan at the end of the definition phase, before moving into the deployment phase. Deployment being the new term for development that is used in the delivery section of the linear life cycle. Also within information management, the term curation has been included, meaning to look after the data in the same way that a museum curator would look after the contents of the museum. And within risk and issue management section, we now cover the differences between proactive and reactive risk responses. And there's a new six step issue resolution cycle. It's interesting, isn't it, how things have moved on now with virtual teams, now with the curation, which was a, a social media term about curating data, and now it becomes part of the project management world. Also, I think the business case with the five dimensions now linking back into better business cases, which is the treasury model. It's quite interesting how those all come together. Apart from dropping the yep. need to perform mathematical calculations, are there any other changes to the exam that you want to cover, Terry? Yeah, firstly, um, the exam format's been brought up to date, so you now can use typed answers, allow to take the exam online rather than the, the handwritten, was previously the case. The exams now use different command terms, including differentiate, which is used where they want you to explain the difference between two things. And the old list and describe has now been replaced by the command verb describe, so no list is required. And as mentioned earlier, they use the term interpret is used where a delegate is trying to show the understanding of data resulting out of a given calculation. There's also now a new marking grid that indicates what marks would typically be awarded for the answers to a question. Okay, so, so that's the changes in the exam. What parts have stayed the same? Well, in fact, most have stayed the same. Um, the PFQ exam is still a one hour exam. It's 60 questions. 
it's still closed book. The pass mark is 60%, so you need to achieve 38 or more out of 60 to pass. And the PMQ exam is still a three hour closed book exam. You still have 16 questions to choose from, you should answer 10 out of the 16. The pass mark being 55%, so again, you need to get 275 or more out of the 500 to pass. That's brilliant. Thank you, Terry. Hey, one of the questions we, we mentioned point two when we first started this was about uh, the box six or box seven exams. Now, the timing might change because it has been a little bit of flux. But at the moment, the box six exams are available to the end of this year, December 2020. And the new box seven exams are now available. Cost is the same. So in the end, it will come down to personal preference. We've been running exams for a long, long time, and we've seen transitions from different level of exams in all, all parts of the market. So I'll share with you what our thoughts are. Box six exams are established. So they've been around a while. They're known quality. Uh, there's a lot of knowledge and supporting materials. So there's an advantage to sticking to box six exams for now. You, you can go out, you can find more information, more support material, more help, uh, and there's a lot more knowledge out there. For box seven, about 30% of the exam paper has changed. So that part is fairly new. So box seven exams will inc include the new questions around the areas of the uh, life cycles, as Terry mentioned, for example, which are not on the current paper. If you are looking to get the APM qualification, most employers wouldn't really want to worry about whether it's a box six or a box seven, just having an APM qualification is, uh, is great in its own right. The only time I can think it's changed, if um, Terry and I just discuss this, if you're a corporate, and you're rolling out the APM qualifications across your team, particularly if it's new, then it, it would make sense for everyone to have the same level of knowledge. So it includes the life cycles and the new areas such as chartered, uh, the GDPR and the virtual teams. So in that case, you might consider box seven as being more appropriate for a longer term training investment. Everybody has the same terminology, have the same knowledge, and that, that would work well with people rolling out uh, from now on. So all the APM courses are available. We can do, we do them in classroom format. We do blended, which is combining online work then with workshops uh, with trainers such as Terry that then, then focus in on the, the key areas prior to taking the exam. Or we now uh, we offer these fully online, which is an interactive video-based, um, animation-based, voice-based uh, package that has full support. So Terry and the lead trainers are available there to help. Uh, they'll take emails, they'll take calls, they'll give you any help during the learning process if you need any confidence prior to taking the exam, for example. And that's available regardless of which exam you decide to take. But one thing worth mentioning on this that has changed you might want to put in place or think about a longer term plan, which includes the Chartered Project Professional CHPP. And we're looking how we offer a route from the initial training, maybe at PFQ or PMQ level, through the various routes available to CHPP and helping you put together your assessments, helping you handle the interview process. So I think it's nice now that you can get all the way to a very, very recognised uh, qualification such as CHPP. If you want more information, please get in touch. Uh, it's been a pleasure putting this together. I hope it's been really helpful. I'd like to thank Terry for all his help. And um, I hope I hope that uh, you've enjoyed the information. Anything else, please get back to us. Um, Terry, thank you very much. Thank you, Martin. So that's it for this episode of Bite Size Project Management. We hope you'll tune in again soon for another edition. Until then, you can find out more about the certifications and training packages we offer on our website, trainingbitesize.com. Thanks very much for listening.